I'm Helen Scales. And I'm Shay Rhodes. And this is Earth Unscrewed. Yep, we're back with a second season of Earth Unscrewed. Sadly, our return means that we haven't managed to unscrew the planet just yet. In fact, our beautiful planet is still very much at risk. Through my work as a marine biologist, I've studied the big blue planets and the wonderful creatures that call it home. And as a journalist and filmmaker, I've had the pleasure of travelling all around the world, from the Burmese jungle to the favelas of Rio de Janeiro. Over the years, we've both watched the world change in front of our eyes. In this series, we'll be learning about new sustainable solutions that might just fix these problems. And hopefully unscrew the planet. Hello and welcome to Earth Unscrewed. Today we're looking at cool solutions to a warming planet. Yes, and by that, Helen means we're looking at air conditioners. <laughs> yes, I do. But it's a lot more interesting than it sounds. Air conditioners are going to play a really big role in all of our lives as the planet heats up. And it's something we really need to hear more about. So, with that in mind, have a listen to this. Heat stress is a real people issue. Over 12,000 people die every single year because of extreme heat stress. And that amount of people is just going to increase, right? We are going to see globally 92,000 people die because of heat stress by 2030. And that number is going to go up by a lot. So we're going to have 255,000 people uh, die because of heat stress by 2050. So this is a people problem, and it's not something that should be taken lightly. 30% of the world's population that lives in the tropics and subtropics is actually exposed to potentially dangerous heat stress conditions for more than 20 days in a year. And, you know, of the 2.8 billion people living around the world, only 8% have air conditioning. And that air conditioner, that entry-level air conditioner, is not efficient. It is only 6 to 8% of the theoretical maximum efficiency. And that's a problem, because this is going to lead us to almost half a degree increase in global warming by 2100, only due to room air conditioners. Is kind of mind-blowing really I mean I guess I don't really think so much about how dangerous heat is mm. and the air conditioners are just about being a bit more comfortable absolutely yeah. it goes way beyond just feeling good I was quite shocked by how inefficient air conditioners are considering yeah. how essential they are how everybody seems to use them they're very expensive you know, they're very expensive you'd think somebody would come up with a more efficient one yeah I'm actually I'm not that surprised actually because I remember when I lived in Malaysia for a while and we were trying to I was living in a very hot little sort of concrete house mm. and we actually bought a really rubbish old air conditioner that just went in the window it was mm. this huge great like sort of like a fridge that went in, and then we took half the window out and stuck this thing in and it rumbled away and it clearly used loads of electricity and barely barely made the room just just a bit cooler so I could just about get to sleep so I guess I'm not that surprised about the inefficiency but but just the idea that it can be so dangerous is mm. is is really shocking. Yeah, I think when one experience that really jumps out to me was uh, walking behind a shopping centre in Indonesia. Um, and, you know, the road behind it was really tight and packed and you had the whole bank of kind of air conditioners, the, the outlets from them. And the heat back there was, you know, double the heat at the front of the, of the shopping centre just because that's where all the heat in the building is, is pumped out onto. And, of course, it was 
the street that's used as the local market. So, yeah, everybody who wants to, everyone who can't afford to shop in the shopping centre is, is back there getting the heat blown on them. Yeah, yeah. And whenever I'm travelling in hot countries, I like to go to the movies because they always put really fearsome air conditioning on. <laughs> yeah. You sit in the film and go, oh, this is nice. But it is is—it is really mad, isn't it? The, the solutions we've created to cool us in this warming climate are actually making it hotter. Um, I've been reading around getting some more scary stats about this. San Francisco, British Columbia and Delhi all reported all-time record June temperatures in 2019. And, and actually one's really close to home to me. I live in Cambridge and actually the UK mm. highest recorded temperature was made just down the road from where I live. Really? Cambridge Botanic Gardens, 38.7 degrees, I think it was, back in July. I wasn't actually there at the time. I was somewhere much cooler. <laughs> Looking back at this sort of weird spike in heat that we had with this heat wave, mm. it's incredible. But a lot of this is to do with our built environment, actually. It's to do with cities. You know, the, the climate is heating up. But at the same time, people are living in really quite uh, unsuitable accommodation. You mentioned living in a concrete block in Malaysia. Um, I've come across loads of those. Whole slums made of concrete breeze blocks with tin roofs. Totally unlivable in when it gets hot. On top of that, the street outside is made of concrete. And it's not just slums, you know, in housing projects in Chicago and Philadelphia, in uh, estates here in Britain, they're almost entirely made of concrete. So everybody who lives in those areas is outside a lot in a very hot environment. And I've noticed going to a lot of them that they're, it's almost always hotter than it was in the nicer area where my hotel probably was. Policemen in those areas will always say when it gets hot, you know, there's always something kicks off. Oh it's always some sort of violence or something. We're always busy on the hot days. And actually, researchers have backed them up on this. A 10-year study in Philadelphia looked at the correlation between violence levels and heat. And they found that whenever it's hot, there is more violence, there's more social unrest. And that goes not just from the summer to the winter, so obviously there's more in the summer, but on hot days within the summer, there's more violence than on the cooler days in the summer. And all of this is happening because we've built our environment with so much concrete, so tightly packed together, that certain people, particularly living in poorer areas where the houses are less well built and much more closely packed together, are experiencing more heat stress. That is absolutely mind-blowing. It really is. Mm. Just that link between behavior, human behaviour and, and how hot we get. So it's not just deaths. Mm. It's how we behave. Well, maybe ultimately it's deaths if things get bad. But, well, this um, is it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And I wonder if uh, that, that stat of 12,000 deaths, I wonder if that takes into account the amount of the increase in violence, particularly you know, gang violence and so on, that happens during the summer. Not just because people are out and about, as the research shows, but because they are hot and uncomfortable. That's extraordinary. That really is. Wow. Basically, it's getting really, really hot, and that's having a dramatic impact on people's lives. I'm Radhika Lalit. I am a manager with the Rocky Mountain Institute, and I am leading the Global Cooling Prize engagement on behalf of the Institute, and really excited to be here. So yeah, I grew up in Delhi, in New Delhi in India, and I've experienced heat stress firsthand. There were days when I couldn't sleep at night because there were power cuts, there was no air conditioner, and you know, our one air conditioner was shared by in two rooms, so there was never enough cooling. And uh, you know, these conditions affected productivity, affected my health, and there were times when I had to be admitted to the hospital because as I was coming back from school, I would actually be affected by heat stress and extreme heat. And I can tell you, and I can vouch for it, that people who are 
from the vulnerable sections of the society who are children who can't do much about it are going to be affected by this. So this is a problem we should think about. And I also want to speak about productivity losses here. There are estimates that countries like India, China, and others who are within the tropics and the subtropics are going to lose between 1% to 6% of their GDP, all thanks to heat stress. So uh, this is a major economic problem, a climate crisis, and an energy crisis. According to a study by the International Energy Agency, the number of air conditioning units installed globally is set to jump from around 1.6 billion today to 5.6 billion by the middle of the century. And if left unchecked, by 2050, air conditioners could be using as much electricity as China does for all of its other activities today. That's huge. I think the ubiquitous entry-level air conditioner is something that is going to be bought by people who are moving to middle-income salaries in the future, thanks to globalization, urbanization, global warming, and increase in people's lifestyle, you are going to see a five times increase in demand for air conditioning by 2050 in developing countries. And globally, it's going to be a four times increase. So every second, three room air conditioners will be sold in the world over the next 30 years. And this demand is something you can't do anything about. It is coming. And what does this mean? It really means that we are going to be faced with a massive energy and power crisis. Just to serve this demand of cooling, of comfort cooling, we will need around 2,000 gigawatts of additional power generation capacity. And what does this translate to? That's 1.4 trillion dollars in investments to serve this need. It's massive, right? And the grid infrastructure is not prepared for it, especially in developing countries. It's crumbling, really, under this pressure. And why do I say that? Because in, especially India, let's take India as an example. In India, 40 to 60% of the peak power demand in the summer comes from room air conditioners, and especially in major uh, cities like Delhi, Mumbai, Chennai, etc. And the grid is not prepared for it. <laughs> uh, so this is going to lead to a massive power crisis and energy crisis. And that's why this is, you know, an important problem to solve. But not just that, you know, the climate crisis is evident. Half a degrees of global warming by 2100, thanks to room air conditioners, is huge. Like this is a power crisis, an energy crisis, a climate crisis, and uh, also, you know, an economic crisis I talked about, because it's about productivity, it's about health, and it's about losses in GDP. That really brings it home for me, because every single time you discuss climate change, it becomes apparent that somebody's paying for this somehow, and it's really useful to actually have a figure on it to be able to see what it's doing to our GDP. It's all those things tied in together that I found really shocking about what she said, about how it's, it's, you know, it's not just the heat, it's about productivity, it's what we do day to day, it's the money we're spending, the money we're making. It all links in together. Mm. So Radke and her team from the Rocky Mountain Institute noticed this increase in demand for aircon units and decided that in order to get manufacturers to create a more environmentally friendly solution, they will need to give them some incentives. 
instead of finding a needle in the haystack, I think we want the needle to come to us, the solution to come to us. And that's why prizes are revolutionary in that sense as a change model and can bring to four technologies that haven't seen the light of the day and can be our future, right? With this prize, that's what we want to do. We want to shine a spotlight on technologies that could be scaled today, even if they were given enough impetus. The Global Cooling Prize wants to incentivize innovation and spur dramatic breakthroughs in residential cooling technology so that people around the globe can have access to climate-friendly, super-efficient, and affordable cooling without warming our planet. The, you know, the idea around why we wanted to host this competition was that this is an extremely consolidated industry. The air conditioning industry has less than 500 companies worldwide manufacturing air conditioning units and compressors. And 70% of that production is coming from China and 35% is coming from two major, you know, AC manufacturers. So it's, you know, innovation is really in silos. And the industry is really looking at optimizing the costs for the entry-level room air conditioner so that it becomes more and more affordable. So the need for innovation was really to drive efficiency and lower climate impact. And, and that's what we're trying to do. So we launched the prize in November of last year and have received an overwhelming response from the industry, from startups, from innovators, from research institutes and universities across the globe. Today, 2,083 teams have registered for the Global Cooling Prize, and these teams come from over 40 different countries across the globe, covering six continents. The Global Cooling Prize was initiated by the Rocky Mountain Institute and is supported by the Government of India. It's now backed by a group of supporters, which include people like the UN Environment Programme, WWF and Virgin Unite, which incubated the Carbon War Room, now merged with the Rocky Mountain Institute. Out of thousands of applicants, the Global Cooling Prize team select up to 10 breakthrough technologies. Each of these finalists will be given $200,000 to create a prototype for testing and the final winner will be given a million dollars to help commercialise and scale up the unit. And that testing part I mentioned is actually really interesting. Here's Radhika again. So our testing is perhaps the best part about this prize, right? Because we're, we just don't want an idea. We want an idea to really be implementable in a developing country environment. And so we have two phases of testing, right? The first testing is testing in a lab environment. So we will have a simulated lab environment uh, and uh, we will then test that air conditioning unit or residential cooling unit there. But we would also do a real life apartment testing for these solutions and, uh, you know, put them out uh, in the open to see whoever competes and can you know uh, perform in real time so in the summer of 2020 we are going to have these units being installed in real life apartments and test their performance there as well so yeah pretty exciting The 
we will see the winning technology in 2020, most likely in November. And that will be a huge announcement. But I think commercialization and scaling will take a couple of years. So maybe in 2022, the next air conditioner you're going to buy is going to you know, be a 5X air conditioner and one that helps you keep cool and that protects the planet. Yeah, I find that really exciting. This idea of putting it out there, the, the idea of using a, a magnet to pull the needle out of the haystack. Um, I've, I've, I've mentioned it before, but the best ideas always come from people who are on the ground experiencing it themselves. Individuals would have found little solutions. You offer them a prize, offer them some money to make that solution available to everyone. And yeah, they're going to fill in the form. They're going to apply. They're going to want to do it. And by combining these ideas from ordinary people who found their own solutions to universities and companies putting it all together it's really exciting actually i'd quite like to what i really want to hear is the percentage the final percentage how much less electricity does their new aircon unit uh, use and i can't wait till 2020 to find out i know exactly and what is it like so at the moment it's 20 percent we're using let's mm. let's try and change that and it does really it is incredibly inspiring to think that this sort of initiative is out there to to yet to collect ideas because so often I think we find ourselves going well come on guys this isn't exactly rocket science mm. we know what we need to achieve here it's nurturing those ideas and then getting them to reality is what this kind of thing is doing it's you know it's like we, we can fix this I'm sure we can fix this I really like the way that everyone working together has almost taken ownership out of it for so long we've relied on individuals to come up with their own product develop it themselves and, and it's quite selfish ultimately this individual or company is going to make a lot of money out of marketing that solution that works to a certain extent but if you can have a more collaborative approach where everyone's just putting ideas on the table and then we can all choose from those ideas something that might make our company more profitable that works really well and it's this kind of sharing of ideas at least and not being too to ownershipy about them actually if you put the idea out there everyone might make money off it but ultimately we'll all benefit from it so that's all we've got time for today but i don't want to leave you panicking about which air conditioning units to buy while we're waiting for these incredible new super efficient world saving versions to come out so here's radhika with her top tips So as you're moving out to buy your next air conditioner, I want you to keep three things in your mind, right? The first thing is really don't buy your air conditioner just based off of the first cost or the sales price. Look at what you're paying for the entire lifetime of owning and operating your air conditioner. The second one is really buy an inverter air conditioner, so a, a technology that is upcoming, but is something that most developed countries are using anyway. I think an inverter air conditioner is the most efficient vapor compression technology based air conditioner in the market today. Buy that with the best in class energy rating. And the last thing that people don't talk about, and I want to sort of leave for your consideration is really know what refrigerant your air conditioner is using. Most refrigerant in use today do not have any ozone depleting potential, but have a substantial global warming potential. So definitely check, you know, what refrigerant you're using today. Say no to HFCs and CFCs because they damage the ozone layer and also, you know, contribute to global warming. So definitely look at what refrigerant your air conditioner is using. 
Thanks for listening to Earth Unscrewed. If you've enjoyed listening to any of the themes in this episode, then we've included some links in the description. To keep up with the Global Cooling Prize, do follow them on social media or find them at globalcoolingprize.org. To follow the series, don't forget to subscribe. And please do remember to rate and review. It really helps us to get these incredible stories out there. Until next time, I'm Helen Scales. And I'm Shay Rhodes. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.